0: Down shoe. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
1: Stay is an online indie department store, born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independence means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop Indie. www.dechere.com. Stay Cherie. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry, wee, 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 all the way home? wait
0: wait whee, whee! 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 Whee!
1: Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion.
2: Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithanIinc.com. Tiffany
1: A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson and it's the premise for this article. Now when most people think about Liberalville called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education, they just forget to look at the equation, people plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there? The liberals hide. People of all faiths, colors, and creed, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from eight tracks, to wax CD, to iPod. Living in Liberalville is hard. Or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, actions into words. The revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat, his desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixtapes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares, so it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls His property values continue to fall. I see the pastor broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged those around him, continued from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. He never stepped foot out of liberal veil still. The boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation, trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician. On a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks, folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer. Not court, but street appointed masters of defense. Not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a backbreaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates. And a support system that says, wait, fall a little further. Then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high, it's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. I see a possibility. A promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community
2: that was uh Liberville from Sonny Johnson. sure you guys know who Sonny is always you know been on this show a bunch of times uh my little sister definitely do b i g things out there and uh you know Sonny does a thing man and Libreville is a place that she created um As a reflection to a lot of things that we see in the hood, in the community. Let's, you know, we just call it what we call it in the neighborhood, the community, whatever your suburb, whatever you want to call it. uh, That's what Liberville is. And the reason she calls it Liberville is because there's a lot of people who live in our communities who don't really understand what individual responsibility means in terms of uh, self-sufficiency. So there's a lot of but most people, when you talk to them about being self-sufficient or most people, when you talk to them about being an individual or or uh, uh an individual responsibility, uh, it doesn't extend to the point of not wanting help from the outside. Uh, black people in general are very prideful people as it is. Uh, there's a lot of us who don't like to ask for assistance. There's a lot of us that don't like to ask for help. But for some reason, we have this unrelying or or not unrelying, but this this kind of uh dedication to people who say that they've done a lot of things for us and have actually done nothing to help us per se or or to help us along uh in our individual lives in terms of the neighborhood uh for example and and I know I'm a little bit off pace on what I wanted to talk about, but you guys you, you know how it goes down on this show uh sometimes we stay on topic sometimes we you know I go with my heart, and uh it is what it is but Follow what I'm saying. You, got, you take people like, and I'm not knocking these folks. I've done, I've done enough knocking of these people my entire life, okay? I've done enough criticism. I, I've, I've given enough criticism to these folks. I've criticized them enough. So I, I'm not trying to go there, but I just want to point out a couple of facts, a couple of things that we can't ignore and, and, and that exist on the surface, uh, whether we want to accept it or not. Uh, for what it's worth, you take people like uh, Brother Al Sharpton, um, you know, you look at people like brother Je- Jesse Jackson once upon a time these guys, whether you like it or not these guys were leaders of the black race in America uh, they almost tried to uh, they used them as martyrs to be uh, the spoken black representatives of the world at one point uh, Jesse Jackson has went to several different countries uh It's been reported representing America, and when he goes to these other countries and people see him, they look at him as the black guy who represents America, not just as a surrogate for America, but they look at look at him as you know the spokesperson for the black race in America. So what's happened is now here's something that's amazing to me: Uh, these guys, throughout their efforts, and they've done a lot of good things that I've seen. Uh, throughout their lives. A lot of things that I disagree with as well, but they have done a lot of good things. But through time, uh, these guys have have once been looked at, and, and some people look at them today as the bodyguards for the black race. The same goes for the NAACP. They're looked at as the bodyguards or the protectors of black people, right? So when I look at it in that term, You know, when I look at it in in, in the term of them being the protectors, and I equate that to being a bodyguard, a person who looks out for you, who protects you from the big, bad bully, in many cases, some people would say the big, big, bad white man, and these guys were supposed to protect us from the white man or uh, supposed to protect us from the Republicans or protect us from conservatives or, or protect us from people who don't believe us or who don't believe like us or who don't care for the black community. This is what people say that these guys do. This is the position that we put them in. These are the places that that they're held. you know these are who they are. You know that, that's who they are, and that's what that's what a lot of people in the black race look at them as. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting to my point here in a second. Follow me for a second. So when I look at them as being protectors or look at, look at them as being bodyguards, if you will. Spokespeople, you know, I equate that to somebody who will protect me from harm. I equate that to people who are who who will teach me, who will help the community in ways of literacy and education, and even monetarily. You know, if if you want to put that uh uh on their back you know if you want to give them the trophy for being the spokespeople and the bodyguards for a a black race and what seems like now a party a political party because you know oftentimes they don't speak for black people they speak for the democratic uh party uh but if, if since we put them in that space if they're protectors and they're supposed to be the people who protect us In every effort for black people to get ahead in our communities, those should be the people who stand up first and say, hey, you know what? This is going on in our communities. Here's what we have to do to protect ourselves from ourselves, okay? Here are the things that we have to do to monitor our communities. Here's the things that we have to do to promote, to give back, to create some worth. You know, here's the money that we need to spend in our own communities to make things happen for us before we can reach out and help and I'm sorry, reach out and and ask for help from other people. So there should be no expectation of black people in America wanting assistance from someone else when we have people like those guys as our so-called representatives, right or wrong. We shouldn't need to reach out to other people because let's face it, the bodyguards have gotten rich. While the community has gotten poorer See, the last time I checked It was the bodyguards Who were protecting Us in the community So we could keep what we have You know, it's the bodyguards Who walk with the celebrities That protect them from people That keep them from getting robbed But from where I sit All I hear is from our protectors Our bodyguards Some people want to call them our leaders All I hear is the Republicans this Republicans that Conservatives this, conservatives that. America doesn't stand for this. Black people should be doing this. Black people need to have that. Y'all need to give. Y'all need to give. Y'all need to give. It's your fault. It's your fault. But if you're the bodyguard, follow me now, folks. Because I'm not trying to point a finger, but I'm just telling you guys like it is. If I'm a celebrity, right? And I hire anybody. It could be any anybody under the sun, right? I hire anybody under the sun to be my bodyguard. That means protect me from all outside sources. Protect me from all, from harm's way, period. You know, no matter. That's financially, that's physically, that's mentally, whatever. You do what you do. You put your job, you put yourself, your physical, your mental, everything about you, you put it on the line for me so I can excel. That's what I pay you for. Or that's what you signed up for if you're my bodyguard. So I'm a celebrity. I'm walking down the street. I'm, I now, I, me being a celebrity... Let's just call me the black community celebrity. That's who I am, right? And I've hired these guys, and they're on watch. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. You guys are on watch. So everywhere I go, you go, and you're protecting me, and you're standing in front of me and make sure nothing happens to me. And when something does happen to me, you know what? You step in the way. You say, you know what, P? I'm going to take that bullet. I'm sorry. You know what, Mr. Black community? I'm going to take that bullet for you, right? And when the ridicule comes, I'm going to step up again, and I'm going to take that for you. I'll be your spokesperson today. Right? And when we do something stupid, you know, I'll step up and be the one to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, that was stupid, but listen, here's what's really going on. Here's the full story. Now you understand why these certain amount of people, or why Mr. Black Community, me being a celebrity, aka Mr. Black Community, now you understand why my client is acting so crazy. Now you understand why my crime is my client is going off. See, that's what a bodyguard does. But I've never seen a case where The bodyguard ends up getting richer and richer and richer. And then the bodyguard goes on. See, now the bodyguard is straight. Al Sharp and Jesse Jackson. The bodyguard is straight because you know what? They let the client die. See, every bullet that came at the black community, the black community had to take it. Every financial woe that came to the black community, the black community had to take that. See, they never took one for the team. But when it came to... Uh, Structuring a plan And when people from the outside say You know what this is an outcast We need to help those people, so they call up the representative, a.k.a. the bodyguard. They call up Jesse Jackson and his nonprofits and his his fundraisers, and they call up Al Sharpton and his nonprofits and his fundraisers and and his people. They call those people up and they say, you know what? We want to help y'all because we feel like y'all feel it's wrong what's going on over there. See, it's not happening over here. This is what white Republicans have been saying for years. It's not happening over here. So to a, to a large degree, a lot of white Republicans have been saying, you know what? It ain't happening over here. I ain't worried about it. They'll come around soon enough. But a whole lot of other people in the Republican Party that are white, or that have no political party whatsoever that are white, or that are that races other than black, have said, you know what? This is bad. What's going on over here? It's crazy. I can't believe it. This is just across town. I drive through the street every day. You mean to tell me 17 people were killed in Chicago in one night? And I drive past that street every day. We need to help these people. What do I need to do to help you guys right across town for me? Because you know what? I love people in general. I love God's people. So if I need to write the check, let me write the check. If I need to call some friends, I need to call some friends. Whatever I need to do, I'm willing to help. But see, the help was put in the wrong place by the people who organized it in the first place, by the placeholders, by the so-called leaders, the so-called bodyguards. See, once the bodyguards got to connect and the money came through, they put a little bit in the hood, and they kept the rest for their pockets. And over time, that money and those things and those resources and those ideas and those people who wanted to help have vanished. Because in their mind, they've already helped. (laughs) You know, they've already gave. They've done their part. Because let's face it, folks, we feel the same about things that we do, that we're passionate about. Some people that aren't black feel passionate about helping black people because they understand what black people traditionally have went through in America. So sure, they're willing to help out. But just like you and me, they get burnt out from helping too, especially when it's not making a difference before your eyes anyway. You know, especially when it goes unappreciated, and especially when it's lining the pockets up of, of people who' supposed to be the representative for that cause that you care so much about, helping and seeing be successful. So what's happened over time is the entertainer has gotten weaker, the entertainer is now washed up, the entertainer has gotten broke, the entertainer is now on drugs, the entertainer is now poor, he's an alcoholic you name it. The entertainer doesn't have a good education hardly in his community, you know? See, the entertainer is suffering, but the bodyguard somehow has excelled. That person who was supposed to be the placeholder, who's supposed to have protect you from all these other things that could happen to you, has gotten rich. But here's the funny thing about it all, right? You can't pinpoint, because listen, be- before I go there, I don't have anything against rich folks. I don't have anything in the world against entrepreneurs. I don't have anything against businessmen, people, people who grind, people who work hard to get what they got. I don't even care if you got lucky. I got nothing against people who've earned what they've achieved. But people who've stolen it? I got a big problem with that. And that's what we're witnessing. That's what we're seeing. That's these people. They were supposed to be placeholders, but they took the money and ran. Now they're straight. They live up on a hill, got some of the same resources, and it's not even about the struggle of a certain people in a demographic who are clearly underprivileged in a lot of areas in America, far more than any other race you would name. And it's not a racial thing, but it is what it is. You got to speak on what's true. See, they took the money and ran, they straight now. But you can't pinpoint and and, and and here's the point of this you can't pinpoint one lucrative business, 619-638-8559, hit number one if you got a comment. If you can point out, I got a hundred hours for the first person who could point out one lucrative business that Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson has promoted or that has 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 established that has done well, one business, give me one business investment that they've invested their own money from in the last 20, 30 years that they've been so-called active. I'm not even going to put a timeline on it. Hit me next week, research it, Google it, do what you do. There's not one. You know what that business is? Being the fake ass representatives for the black community. That's what their business has been. If you can't see through your own eyes what's really going on, I don't know what it's gonna take for you to be able to see these days. See, everything that a lot li- everything that we've been told is a lie. Everything that we saw called all of our heroes, I won't say all of them, but all the heroes that the government tried to put for because let's face it, nobody asked for Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. They ran with Martin Luther King. They, rev, they ran with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Let me give that man his proper credentials or accolades, excuse me. They ran with him, so we automatically adopted them, and the government seen that. They saw it, excuse me. They saw that. So they slid them right in. But these people didn't have the same interests as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. They didn't have the same power. They didn't have the same grit. They didn't have the same care. So ultimately, over the time of their watch, black folks in traditional black communities have gotten worse. Uh, There's not a major concern about education from the so-called black leaders representing America without blaming someone else. Sure, they come up and say, oh, black people are... Despair, it's not right The, the school's on this, the school's on that The budget's ain't right, the Republican Party Blah, 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 blah Yo, let me tell y'all something Black folks spend more money Than anybody in retail I'm here to tell you In the market, look look it up for yourself Over 500 billion dollars Or million dollars, excuse me Over 500 million dollars a year Spend in retail Black minorities Spend that much money so what do you think 1% of that would do for black communities, right? But nobody's talking like that. See, they're not talking like it's a blame game. These folks, they got us blinded, they got a lot of us blinded and and and, and it makes you battle yourself, meaning it makes you bicker with your neighbor about who the enemy really is instead of talking about what you can do together to make something happen. Those are the things we got to talk about 619-638-8559. I was supposed to be on this show. Talking about parental responsibility, you know, does it go beyond our own uh, raising your children? This parental responsibility goes beyond your own home and your own kids, and I'll get to that in a second, but let let me go to a caller. Uh, Let me go to Charlotte, stretchingyourbudget.com. Charlotte comes on here at least once a month, tells you guys how to save a couple dollars. Charlotte, what's up? How you been? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I feel good. I see you've been traveling around the world. I have. I've been on a lot of trips lately.
3: <laughs> that's a we've, good been, thing, man. we've been we've <laughs> been, um we went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We went to Baltimore, right. Maryland, went right. to Washington DC and Philadelphia.
2: Oh yeah, so, you you've been on the world tour. Charlotte, you are officially calling Charlotte San Diego. That's what we're gonna call you now. Charlotte <laughs> San Diego.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so that's that's haven't a been new home name. for a while. New we've just been traveling a lot.
2: Well, that's the I'm good the thing. Now, what, what makes too. you guys travel so much, though? I mean, I, I know it's the time of the year, and uh, but I also understand that you guys do a lot. I mean, I, you're busy. So, you know, how are yeah, you able to travel well, like we, this? What's going on?
3: Um, we I had to go to Baltimore, Maryland for a month. Um, my right. job at the Department of Veterans Affairs, I got a new role, and so I had to go for training. So I was on for a month away from Ben and the kids.
2: And oh um,
3: he he came down the second weekend and um, hung out. We we did some things in Baltimore with the kids, went to the National Aquarium and that kind of stuff. And then nice. we um, took them to Washington. My daughter she wanted to see where the president lived, <laughs> so we we made a trip to Washington one day because we were so close. And um, then we then came down. Weekend and no kids, so I we mean, went into Philadelphia, got a real Philly cheesesteak. So, just been trying to explore while I was there for work. So, some of it was, you know, I I did a few, um, you can look on the, the website, stretchingyourbudget.com, and um, we're going to have, I'll have reviews up from where we were in Baltimore. So, some of it was work stuff for that, some of it was the was work stuff for the VA. So, yeah, I just kind of crams it all in there together. I've been very busy the last two months.
2: <laughs> That's cool, though. That's what's up. I like that. Staying busy. There's nothing wrong with staying busy, and you're always a busy yeah. person, for sure. So, you know, at least you got some yeah, and I, time. Yeah, and, like and there's there.
3: nothing wrong with trying to cram the two in together, right? So,
2: That's right. Like, I always got to make busy. some time to have some fun, too. I'm with you on that one. Definitely.
3: Exactly. You're in a new city. It's like, check it all out. There's so many things and, to do in, in and around Boston. I had no idea. So we really took
2: full advantage of our time there. Well, that's what you got to do, Charlotte. Like when you, and I always tell my friends, you know, when I go places, even if it's locally, you know, if I, if I go to another city, I try to kill two birds with one stone, meaning I try to meet with two or three people while I'm there, or I try to meet with somebody and have a little fun while I'm there, too. So, you know, I definitely support that, man. That, that's what it's all about. That's enjoying life. Yeah. Right there.
3: Exactly, I and mean, I mean there's so much history, you know, especially when you go to bigger, older cities like that. Um, so especially with the kids, it can be educational. But for us, I mean, I've just never been there, so it was really cool to see cities and and how life is just different. I mean, it, Baltimore is crazy, insanely busy. It's like oh yeah, <laughs> we had to walk <laughs> everywhere. Nobody really drives, so that's that's new to me, you know, riding a taxi yeah. cab. That totally different, riding, you know, a subway and public transit is, you know, totally out of the element, you just don't do that here in the South, I mean, it's fair, but it's not, most people drive, and, and in Baltimore, you don't drive, if you have a car, it's mm-hmm. going to be ruined, I mean, <laughs> like, potholes in the roads, people parking and hitting cars, and it's just crazy, oh, yeah, so we got a lot of walking in, that's for sure, <laughs>
2: Well, at least you got your exercise too. Got your little cardio on. Got your traveling done. Exactly. I'm sure you got some shopping done. And that's what we want to yeah. hear about right here. Like, that's that's why the people are tuned in, missing Charlotte, ready to hear what Charlotte has to offer. So, you know, what do you got for us this weekend, Charlotte, in terms of money?
3: Um, I mean, especially with traveling, I'm always looking for ways to save. Um, so the biggest thing was talking about parking for us there. Um, especially when Ben came down and did drive, that is parking. Parking is crazy. So if you do live in a big city or if you don't, um, I just typed in um, one of the big things down there for parking is Parking Panda, but Parking Panda is um, everywhere, you know, in major metropolitan cities. So if you're if you're even just going to a big city in your area, um, check out Parking Panda because, um, you know, I just Googled it and I found that Groupon hat was, Parking panel was on Groupon, so we paid half price for our parking. Which, if you've ever been in a big city, parking is ridiculously expensive. Um, oh, yeah. And it was it was going to be like fifty. It was like twenty eight dollars a day. And so he just came for the weekend, and so I got a Groupon and I paid I paid twelve dollars for twenty five dollars worth of parking. So I just got two, and um, so that was a huge way. Um, and I had to do the shuttle bus to get from the airport, so I, again, Googled a coupon code for the shuttle bus that I was driving, and I was able to save a few dollars that way. Um, You know, definitely, you know, restaurant.com while we were there, we tried to to do some savings that way and, and get some discounts on our food. Um, so there's so many ways to save, even when you're on vacation or just traveling. So, I mean, I had never been to the city, and I still found tons of ways to save money. So um, I just encourage everybody to take, and you know me, I'm always like, just take a little bit of time before you go, do a little research, and see if there's a way to save. Even if you have no idea where to start, just Google it. You know, just type in whatever it is you're looking for on the Internet, and you can find you know, coupons for anything. So, but um, definitely, you know, it's just, I just hate to not save. So that's always <laughs> a big proponent for me. You know, I'm always like, look how way to save? Um, and I was even talking to some friends tonight, and they're like, you know, looking for photos for their kids, and, I, you know, I was giving them, I was like, you know, look in magazines, because a lot of magazines, if you subscribe to Um, you know, several different magazines. You can get coupons for clothing stores for kids and stuff. And they're like, I have no idea. So, you know, there's just always so many resources out there. Um, And we have some on our website that um, some of the best ways to find, you know, coupons for groceries and that kind of thing. But the biggest thing that I would say tonight is just when you're traveling, with it being summer and so many people are going to the beach or wherever it is to see family Um, just do a little research and see if you can find some some gift certificates or or coupons and and ways to save in your area. Um, Even if you're having to rent a car or something like that, check to see with the car rental company if they have any kind of discount. A lot of AAA members, they offer discounts. Military personnel, they offer discounts. Um, You know, there's you can go to different, like, TripAdvisor and that kind of thing and name your price. Um, another big one, which I just put up on the website, and I know I'm probably rambling, but there's so many ways to save in the summer. <laughs> I just love it. But um, scorebig.com, is a, you can name your price if you want to go to, like, a concert or um, an attraction that's in your local area or anything like that. You just go in and type in your price for the tickets that you want, and they'll either approve it or send you back with a rebuttal. Um, and so I got some tickets for half price, so oh, you know nice. just little things like that that you just need to to check out. It's like why even pay like you know for a full price, which you know I never do
2: charlotte <laughs> so, let me let me ask so, you yeah. let me ask you this like when when you when you start out, is this something you should do before you ever uh start your vacation like when in in your planning period or is this something that? Because it sounds like it's something you kind of learned about and did it on the fly, but is it something that you can prepare for early, or should you just wait and see what's out there?
3: Um, definitely, with the way that um, technology is, it's okay to wait. Um, if you, if you're, if you don't have a smartphone, I should say, then you need to plan ahead. Um, because some things you do need to print out, like if you're going to do a restaurant.com type thing, you have to print that certificate out and take it with you. So if the hotel you're going to doesn't have a printer or that kind of thing, um, then you may not be able to do it. But now Groupon and Living Social, once you buy those items, the, you know, the gift certificate, you can download the app to your phone and just show the certificate you've bought on your app on your phone. So you don't have to worry about printing that out. So that's definitely, you know, a good thing about that. So um, if you're doing that kind of savings, then no, you don't have to plan ahead. But um you know, restaurant.com you do, the, the scorebig.com that I was telling you about, you would have to um, plan ahead because, the ti- like, the tickets I got, they were mailed to me. So you definitely want to make sure that you get them mailed before you, you know, go wherever it is you want to go. But it just depends on what it is you're doing. But, yeah, some things you do not, it can just be on the fly. You can just kind of look it up, see what you need, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah it's really good with smartphones nowadays because they've made a lot of these companies have made it convenient for you when you are out. So definitely just plan cool. before you're going well, out that day.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's something that I try to do too. And you, I, I know you mentioned Groupon. Uh, yes. I've been hearing Groupon. A lot of people use Groupon. How do you go about just for the, you know, for the folks who listen sake, how do you go about uh, Grouponing anything? I mean, what do you do? Is it something you sign up for or is it just something you can get on the fly?
3: Um, we have Growth and, and Living Social, those two are very similar. You have to sign up but um it's free, you know, it's not like you're you're being charged or anything. And um, you know, once you do you choose the area that you're gonna be in. So if you're traveling you would choose the major metropolitan city closest to that area. Um, and then it will search for you all of the different things. And then you can narrow your search down as you want to, whether you're looking for food or you're looking for um, events that could be happening or let's say you want to, I mean, like I was gone for a month, so I actually looked up places to work out. Um, So it could be anything, really, and you can just kind of sort um, your, narrow your search down as you're looking. Um, so it's, it makes it very user-friendly, and then you just add whatever certificate is you're wanting to your cart, and then you check out. And then another good thing is if you share, like let's say you, you purchase something and then you share it, um, people that sign up, you they'll deposit like $10 into your account as a credit to buy on your next thing. Or if three people buy whatever the same one is you just bought, yours is free. So if it's something really good, um, you know, even if you have, like, kids looking in the summer, locally, like our children's museum will put it, and I'll share it a lot of times with my friends after I bought it, and three of them will buy it, and then mine's free. So, you know, there's definitely benefits for for using something like that because um, if you get somebody to sign up, like I say, for the first time, then they'll credit you and you get to put that towards your next purchase. So, oh, nice. um, you know, it's really cool, So, but it's free. It's very easy, like I say, and then they both have an app you can download to your phone, and then once you've purchased your your Groupon, either on your computer or on your phone, it just loads it into your account, and then you just pull it up under your Groupons, and so, yeah. I use both of them very regularly. I've never had a problem, and I, one thing I'll point out, too, because I know a lot of people are kind of leery about these things, you know, if you've never used them, you never wonder, how it works and that kind of thing, but um, like restaurant.com, I've bought them before. They never expire, and if you have, let's say you bought one, and a year later, that business, you know, restaurant goes out of business, then they Mm -hmm. will allow you to exchange it for something that's current and not out of business, so it's not like you just are out of that money, so it's really cool. I mean, they, they definitely work with you, so.
2: Well, I like that. Groupon it is, folks. Check it out, Groupon, <laughs> if you guys are Grouponing. Uh, Panda, what was that? Panda? Parking
3: Panda, yeah. That was on a Groupon, but Panda Parking, Pond.
2: Panda.
3: parking,
2: oh, parking Pond. Panda.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I
2: wrote
3: Panda Panda. a big I'm, metropolitan I'm city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's better, like, Panda. if you're going to a big city, you want to buy it ahead. Because if you pay, like, it's it's hard to pay for those things, like, when you're there. It's just easier to get them at
2: a discount, a group rate anyways, up front. So. Well, I'm going to see if I can get on that Groupon and find me some discounts on some cigars. Probably not what i our on, but it is what it is. And uh, if you they guys have all have all kinds
3: of stuff, wine and everything.
2: <laughs> oh, so, you know, I'm a... I'm a uh, cigar jacket and wine type of guy, Charlotte. That's what I have on my right now. Right. I got on there you go. Step the sun I had some in common. Though.
3: That's right. You got on a smoking jacket too? No, I don't have a smoking jacket, but I like the wine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, I didn't think you had on a smoking jacket. Me neither, not, not really. But I'm going to get me one one day. I'm going to get me a smoking jacket, a red smoking jacket, uh, and a cigar, and eight pair of, sun gla- eight pair of reading glasses, and I'm going to drink some Ripple. You know what Ripple is? I don't know. What is that? You got to watch Sam and the Sun to know where Ripple is, Charlotte. You got to go back. Oh,
3: okay, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll YouTube yeah, it. And I'm you sure it's on there. <laughs> yeah, that's the
2: good stuff. <laughs> Charlotte, I appreciate all you do for us. Hey, before, before I let you go, uh, the topic of the night is talking about parental responsibility. And Ooh. by you and your husband having some beautiful and handsome uh, young ones, I know you understand where I'm coming from with this question, and I just wanted to ask you, um, what do you feel about parental responsibility? Does it end with your children and your household, or does it extend to others and, and their kids outside of your household?
3: Meaning, like, if I had friends, kids over, would I be, like, parenting them? Is that what you're referring to?
2: Well, let's say you got a It it could mean that you got friends over That has some kids that are a little bit uh, Slick with the mouth, let's just say Talking a little bit too much or a little bit Too grown, Mm -hmm. or if you're Out and about, let's say shopping and doing Your coupon thing with a client, maybe You're just Mm -hmm. alone with your family and you Happen to hear some kids uh, uh, Swearing it up, you know, cursing It up, you know, do you Say something or do you just let it go? I
3: mean Definitely if I, 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 let me put it this way. Okay, if I was in public like that and I did hear kids swearing, I would probably not say anything because it's just not my place. Like, I do feel like that is the the parent's responsibility. Um, and, but if I, if, like, I had kids over, friends' kids over, and, and their, the friends were gone, like, let's say they were at sleepover, and they, they were swearing or, or doing something they shouldn't be, I would then address mm-hmm. the situation. You know, I would step in and, and kind of take that role as a parent because they're my responsibility at that time. Um, so I guess if if you're looking at it that way, if I am in charge of them at that point, um, then I would address it and definitely speak to the parents and let them know. Um, I would not, like, and it depends on the age. If they get a little older, definitely that's different. It, there's kind of more mm-hmm. of a line, I guess. But with mine being a little bit younger, Um, you know, time out or whatever I feel is appropriate and sufficient, and my friends would probably be okay with that. But, um, you know, if it's, like, you know, older teenage years, you know, that's kind of different because, um, I don't know, it's just different. It's a different age. Things are different. (laughs) But, um, like, I had a friend. Huh?
2: No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: I I, I had a friend, and she would Many times, if like let's say we were all hanging out in a group and my kids would do something that that she didn't like or um you know whatever it could have been, she would where well, I'm sitting right there, she would speak out and correct my kids, and that would really piss me off, <laughs> so you know if I'm sitting there, I am the parent, okay, you know right, like I gave birth to them, you did not, so unless they like just you know, made your kid bleed or whatever. Do something really bad. I really don't feel like it's your place when I'm sitting there just because you didn't like it. Or You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of why I said it just to him. Definitely, I don't feel like if the, the parent is there that you do not reprimand the child in front of that parent because it's undermining them, basically. And, and even with, like, family, like, in-laws, do that, and I'm, like, standing right there, like, don't, don't tell my child what to do when I'm right there. You know what I'm saying?
2: Pull me aside
3: if you have an issue, and I will then address it. (laughs) So, I think that there's still a line, but definitely, like, if I was in public, I would not, my my parental responsibility would not, I just don't think it should extend there, unless they were doing something highly inappropriate in front of my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then I would probably be like, "Um, there's small children here. You need to
1: stop. Now,
2: should you correct someone like that? Like, you know, hey, I I got my small kids here. Can you guys watch your mouth, right? Let's say you correct the kid like that. Yeah. And they go home and tell their parents. Yeah, I've done that. I did that just this past weekend. I do it a lot. I'm going to always do it a lot. And it's probably going to mean a fight. Well, because it's your responsibility
3: for your parents, I mean, for your kids to protect them and guard them, right, from hearing things. We protect them from TV and music and that kind of thing. So that would extend into, okay, just because, you know, you're right here, but you're still saying things I do not want my kids to hear or see. So, I mean, if the parents were there, I would go to the parents before I would quickly Mm -hmm. address the child. But if it's just the kid there, I would say, "Hey, look, there's two small kids here. Can you please?" I would say it night, unless they just don't. Isn't walk.
2: it a? <laughs> isn't it a? It, it's. I, I think it's more complex today, uh, because it it, in years year, in years past, parents were more responsible, right? And, and yes. I try to keep that in yes. mind too. But sometimes my heart and my mouth acts before my mind thinks about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. Years ago, there parents are were more kids responsible. That are out of control. Well, they're, they're, frankly, there's some mouthy kids, man. There's some bad kids out mm-hmm. there, uh, and, and not bad in the terms of them just being horrible children in all of their ac- all of their actions. But you know, sometimes they get a little mouthy. Sometimes they say things that yeah. they shouldn't say, especially when their parents aren't around. But here's the thing: yeah. a lot of parents aren't responsible. I'm sorry.
3: I said, and they talk back to the adult too, and their parents on earth. Oh, around.
2: absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Talking back is light work today. I mean, I, I yeah. I've seen kids snatch away from parents, ready to fight. You know, and parents are reasoning with mm-hmm. them, like, you know, stop, don't do that. And they're like, shut up! I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be the day I will go to jail, probably. But you know, uh-huh. it, It's it's hard it's hard to say, you know, go ahead and correct my kids. Even though I do it, it's hard for me to accept the fact that someone on the outside, um, it's okay to let someone on the outside correct my kids because a lot of parents aren't as responsible as they once were. So mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a complex thing today, and, and it definitely takes, you know, a village to raise children, man. You can't see it all. You can't always be there. You try to teach your kids yeah. the best that you can teach them. But, you know, to some degree, I think we do depend on other responsible adults to say, hey you know, put your kids in check when they need to be checked. But some adults mm-hmm. today are just as, uh, what's the word, are, are, are irresponsible as, as some children. Yeah, or oblivious so, would be a good word. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That Man, listen, you're preaching to the choir when you're talking about this topic. So, you know, I thought I would ask you just to see how you felt about it or to see what you thought about it. And, I mean, your kids are very small. You have very well-mannered children. So I don't see that <laughs> happening to you. Uh, at all, and I, and I can see why you would get upset if someone were to correct your children, especially if you're there. But I think most right. of us, right, like right oh, in
3: front of you, like really.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, but I totally agree. I mean, we just we, we had uh, a big cookout tonight with a bunch of friends, and it's funny. My husband and I will be like, you know, those parents There's a select few that just talk, you know, the whole time and aren't even watching their kids until one of them comes over crying. And it's like, really? Like, you know, do you ever pay attention to your children? You know, and ours are smaller, so, of course, I feel like you should be, like, on guard a little more than than sure. whatever. But, you know, and they, like, don't even pay attention, and they're hitting. And sometimes, you know, we will have to. If they're way up on the hill or whatever, you know, you are you're walk down there, and you're just like, you know, hey, let's not hit, let's not whatever. So I guess it, at times I do do that. I probably don't even think about it. It's just natural because as a parent, you know, just kind of are in that protective mode.
2: Yeah. But
3: it's scary. I mean, just like just to send my kids to school because, you know, you're leaving a lot of the discipline to like one teacher versus 40 kids nowadays, you know. So a lot of yeah. stuff gets missed over and, um, you know, we and as a teacher, because I, I have a lot of teacher friends, they leave the responsibility on the parents, and half the parents don't care. So there's no responsibility anywhere because the teacher has so many kids to be watchful over, and they miss a lot of things, and then the parents don't care. So you've got these kids that are just kind of out there doing whatever they want, you know. Yeah. And it, wow. it's frustrating both ways. Um so it's, for us, I mean, every year it's even scarier to send our kids to school, I think, <laughs> because it's like we hear of older kids, friends that have kids that are a little bit older, and it's like, oh, my gosh, your kid's learning this right now, you know. And as a parent that is responsible and, and cares about what my child's doing, I don't want them to be influenced by certain things. And there are there are so many parents, unfortunately, out there that do not care, and they just left their kids off to school and let them learn life at school, and those kids are teaching my kids things, you know. So it's frustrating as a parent in this society, in this day and age. It's frustrating. It's scary. Um, and yeah. So, and I think I'm sure, you know, I just feel as they get older, there is more of that extended responsibility that you're talking about because there are so many parents that just don't care or they're too busy or they're wrapped up in whatever it is that they're doing. So, um, <laughs>
2: I'll
3: tell you what. Yeah, I, think I can see how it's going to be worse when my kids get older.
2: <laughs> I think we're going to, I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to invite some other parents on the show. And uh, I think we're going to talk about it again. It won't be next week because, you know, we do the Father's Day address. It'll just be a speech next week by by myself. And, um, you know, that's all that will play next week. But I I think the week after, I think we're going to come back, and I'm I'm just going to invite some parents on. I wasn't going to have any guests on until after July, but I think I might change it up, man, because it's an important conversation. And Mm -hmm. I really don't know what to think because, you know, Charlotte, I'm a responsible parent. If I'm nothing else, I'm definitely a responsible parent. If I am nothing else in this world. And yeah. I don't have a problem um, checking kids when they're wrong in public. Like I, I don't, I don't have a problem doing it because I know I'm a responsible parent. I know I'm not saying mm-hmm. anything wrong to them. But at the same time, I think I would have a problem if someone checked my kids because, you know, let's face it, everybody believes their kids are angels. <laughs> you know, yeah. we all know that oh, we yeah. taught them the right way, most of us. And even people who haven't taught their kids the right way, they feel like they've taught their kids the right way and nobody should be saying anything to them because guess what? They're my kids. So I think that's a conversation yeah. that needs to be had. Um, you know, we, it's, it's definitely just something we need to
3: talk I mean, if you put yourself in that parent's shoes, then you, you're, you're right. You're like, Hey, don't be telling kids what to do. But, I mean, it when the kids are alone and the parents aren't around, I certainly don't see a problem with it because especially if it's something that's hindering your own kid or yeah. influencing your own kids or even just disrespecting someone in, in an adult, you know, present. So yeah. I just think it's situationally based, but I definitely would totally agree with um you know, calling a kid out if they're doing something they shouldn't be. I just wouldn't do really it. I would, be, I would be more apprehensive of doing it in front of another parent, if you know what I mean. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so, you try not to do that. You, you you try not to do that, but some parents let their kids go too far. And if you're in my house, I'm probably going to – Let me just – hold on. Let me. It's keeping it real. Let me keep it all the way funky, right? If you're with me mm-hmm. – and we're together somewhere, and you're not checking your kid, and they're embarrassing me. I'm probably going to check them, and then you're just going to have to be upset with me. Sorry. It is what it yeah. is. That's just me. Got to keep yep. it all the way real, so I was about to front for the yeah. radio. <laughs> yeah.
3: Shout-outs. I mean, you to Your, house. Out, your house is your rules, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. In my house, in my presence, I'm going to say something. You ain't going to embarrass me, you baby kid. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah. Anyway, Charlotte, let me get some shout-outs, man. We got the roll. We got to get up out of here.
3: Uh-oh. All right. Well, yep, shout out to Ben because he had the kids for an entire month while I was gone. So that takes a yes. true dad right there, oh,
2: true on. father. Hold. Whoa, 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 whoa! A month?
3: Yeah, I was and in Baltimore for
2: month? A, a month. Damn! gets
1: <laughs>
2: oh. the Father of the Year award, right? Shout out to Ben. We got to share that one though. Shout out to Ben for holding the kids, <laughs> for having the kids for an entire month. That's crazy, big T. I just month, shout yeah. out to him for that. Wow. And a B.I.G. shout out to you too, Charlotte, man, for always coming through, always showing us some love and for doing what you do. Check our website out, folks. What's the website, Charlotte? StretchingYourBudget.com. There it is. StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte, B.I.G. salute to you. Thanks for what you do on a regular basis and thanks for your website, man, StretchingYourBudget.com where we can find all sorts of coupons and ideas and just tips on how to save a lot of money, folks. You guys be on the lookout for that. Also, Love and Father Society, we are gearing up for our two fundraisers for this year. You guys be on the lookout for that. For everybody out there who plays poker or thinks you can play poker, if you think you can play a little bit of poker, you guys make sure you check that out, loveandfathersociety.com. We'll have the information on there very soon. We're going to have two fundraiser events, right, where everybody comes out, you get your poker chips, the money that you donate to the Love and Father Society nonprofit is your buy-in. So there's no minimum. You can give us $1 and you're going to get chips for $1 and you can jump in the poker ring, but you, we're going to have rebuys all throughout the night, prizes, drawings, food. You know, it's just going to be a fun day. We're going to have a good time, a lot of music. You know, we're just going to get together and have a good time and do something for uh, a, a good benefit, you know, something for, for the kids, something for the Love and Father Society to help us get through and be able to do more for individuals out there, for families, and we're trying to keep families together, man. Through thick and thin, we are out there trying to do some good in the community, man, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of one-on-one activity. Uh, You know, I feel like I I wish I would have had my psychology degree. I don't. I just lean on God, and I lean on God's understanding to help people, and they help me, and we talk, and we discuss, and we help each other through things, so, you know, we're trying to do that on a much larger scale, ramping things up, ramping things up, excuse me, so, you know, we're on the move, man. Shout out to my brother, Rashad Woods. I love being a Black Father VP doing this thing. Uh, listen, Father's Day, is, Father's Day is around the corner. Get your I Love Being a Black Father shirts. Get your Loving Father Society shirts. Get your KRP radio shirts, baby. Do whatever you got to do to help somebody else. Remember, folks, communication is the key. Reach out. Say hello to people out there. Anytime you walk past someone, you know, throw your hand up. Say hi. Say hello because, You know, you can't get across any kind of positive message. You can't be inspirational if you can't first say hello. So communication is definitely key, definitely the key. Remember, God is love, love is God. You are B.I.G. in my book for listening to the KRP Radio Show every week, 8 p.m., sometimes 7.30 on the West Coast, sometimes 7.30 in North Carolina. We start a little bit early. Started at 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, You know, you guys are B.I.G. in my book, man. I really appreciate all you guys do. Check it out on iTunes. We're also on Twitter at Symbol KRP Radio Show at Symbol NC Pudgy. Check us out on Facebook. Where we always like to continue the topics. Find me uh, KRP Radio Show. Look that up. And you'll find me on Facebook. And, you know, just do what you do, folks. We are out of here. One love, and don't forget, God is love. Lovers, is guy, show somebody some love out there tomorrow, man. Remember, we run Mondays. Mondays don't run us. K I R P Radio. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Biggie. (laughs)
1: with <laughs>